You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of the space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Today we are welcoming Isabel, or like many call her as Isa Gonzalez-Smith. She is a mother, wife, educator, community organizer, and bilingual Latina born and raised in Chicago. In addition, she is the owner of La Luna Dula, a founding member of the Chicago Birth Workers of Color Collective and founder of Chicago Latina Moms, which I'm a proud member of. In this interview, we talk about what a doula does and the benefits of having one. Isa provides an overview of what a doula does in their practice and how they can support you and your family's goals as it relates to pregnancy, childbirth, and your postpartum journey. Isa also shares what it takes to be a doula, and she practices traditional Mexican and ancestral methods with her clients. Isa was drawn to birth work after her first pregnancy when she had trouble finding a Spanish-speaking doula in Chicago and realized that resources and accessibility were an issue for many marginalized communities. She is passionate about social justice, empowering families as they grow, and making memories with her two adventurous sons. It was a pleasure to have Isa in this interview, and I am sure you are going to leave with so much wisdom after hearing our conversation. So here's my interview with Isa Gonzalez-Smith. Hola, hola, Isa. ¿Cómo estás? Good. So excited to be here with you. <laughs> I am so excited <laughs> for you to be here as well. It's it's an honor just because there's so much of you that resonates with me as as we talk about identity and and how we can kind of embrace our Latinidad and specifically through having a doula. And so we're definitely going to talk about the benefits of having a doula. But first, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? where you live, where you grew up, what you identify, like your education background and about your family. Okay, so I'm Isa. I am first generation Mexican-American born in Chicago. So I grew up in La Villita, which is a predominantly Mexican neighborhood here in Chicago. And I am a mom of two boys. Rafa is turning eight very soon. And yeah, it's pretty wild. And my youngest, Emiliano, he is five. And so they both, you know, keep me on my toes. I have a master's in library and information science. So, you know, information and making, you know, information accessible to people is really has always been really important to me i am the founder of chicago latina moms which i founded while i was pregnant with my first son when i was 17 weeks pregnant with him and it's been it's like a it you know chicago latina moms it's like its own baby you know like you <laughs> you you learn and you grow and you just keep tumbling forward with it so yeah we are eight years old so it's wow. been growing along with rafa and i'm also a birth worker under the name la luna doula 
and I've been practicing since 2016, I believe. And, you know, I would say like 90% of families that I have worked with are Latino families and, you know, probably like 97%, you know, families of color. So it's always been really important to me to connect with my community and to grow alongside with them. And it's, it's nice to, to be in community with so many people that I have been a doula for that, you know, either before I was their doula, they supported me in some way or afterwards. So I always say like, when we have our last session, it's like, this is not goodbye. And the last time we're going to see each other. Now we get to be community, right? We, we like leave that relationship of, you know, client, you know, business, which is not my forte and, <laughs> and become more community and lean on each other and, and walk together. Yeah, that is awesome. And something to let my listeners know that I, I used you as, as my doula for our little D who is a little pandemic baby. So yes. a lot of the things that I really wanted, I wasn't able to just because when he was born, there was like a big spike in, in the pandemic. And so we, we weren't sure. And so for your safety and for our safety, we just wanted to just utilize you virtually, I guess yeah. you were like my virtual doula, but I loved that approach that even though we were in lockdown, even though we were limited in, in being with people in person, you still provided the, the education and the care and you you shared your wisdom and and just like the support that we really needed throughout you know the childbirth class process but also even after like i remember i reached out to you when i had breastfeeding issues mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. yeah i just wanted to point that out that it was just amazing you know working with you and i'll make sure to use you in the next one <laughs> but it would be um, an honor yeah thank you but i love how you mentioned how you've built community you know comunidad with with your clients and so, yeah, so tell me what really inspired you to become a doula. So I had doulas for, for my pregnancy. And honestly, I, I would have been struggling even more if I didn't have that kind of support. So my pregnancy was awesome with Rafa. Like I felt beautiful and strong. I was great mentally, like everything was magical. Right. And he was born at 35 weeks. So that's where everything unexpected happened. And I always tell my families, like, there is no easy way to have a baby, whether it's, you know, an epidural or unmedicated or a C-section, they all have their, their pros and their cons, their easier things and the bumps in the road. And same with, you know, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, there's going to be a bump somewhere. Right. And so for me in my first pregnancy, it was immediately after birth. I lived in our hospital for 19 days while Rafa recovered and gained the strength to to be able to leave. But it was it was difficult. And then, you know, the challenges still continued well after we went home. So I'm a first time mom. I don't know what I'm doing. I was going to take a Lamaze class the day after Rafa was born. So it was, yeah. it was just so new and such a struggle. And I, I had a back, my doula was actually out of the country because Rafa came early. So I had her backup doula and, you know, it, it was just 
so hard to be in the NICU, to breastfeed, to figure out therapies afterwards. And just my doulas were so helpful and empowering, uplifting. Mm -hmm. And I felt protected as much as I could be. And at that time, I was also starting Chicago Latina Moms. So because I had such a difficult experience and like, you know, our friends and family knew, you know, when they were experiencing something, a difficult labor or breastfeeding, or my friend is having a hard time breastfeeding, can you just go visit her? Because I know you had a hard time, but you did it. Like, can you go? Mm -hmm. So I kind of like um, through community was helping families and and talking directly with moms and I was like I'm kind of already doing the work I should go get trained to to be a doula and so it kind of felt really organic and natural for Mm. me to 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 be in birth work yeah that's awesome and where did you receive your training so the organization like doesn't exist anymore because it became something else with Dr. Shafia Monroe, but it was called ICTC. I, I honestly forget the, the acronym because <laughs> it was so long ago and I have the worst memory. And so, yeah, that was in 2016. And then I've also taken trainings with Maite, with Panketsani to learn more because my my doula training was very afrocentric and it was very important for me to get Mm -hmm. my my birth work training from people of color Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so that was just what I could find and what my doulas actually trained in so I was like it feels good enough for you and you're amazing Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna do that too and so you know I, I was able to and it's not required to supplement your education, but just like any of us, it's good to keep growing and learning. Mm-hmm. I was able to take more trainings that were tailored to more like ancestral teachings, right? Things that have mm-hmm. been passed down forever from our ancestors, our elders, and just learning some things that were more Latino centric mm-hmm. from different parts of Latino America. Yeah, that's awesome. And so did you travel like on site? I some some of our teachers have been able to come to Chicago. So mm-hmm. it kind of comes in waves. We have we have an amazing community of Latino and black birth workers in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I know for sure I, it took me forever to find my doula. Like it, it for I had to reach out to someone in DC who was able to point me to a doula in mm-hmm. Chicago. So thankfully Eight years later, it's it's much easier to find Latinx or Latino Latina doula as well mm-hmm. as a as a black doula too. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, so we've got really amazing communities that have grown together now. So I have gone to Mexico to do like um mm-hmm. like a like a week retreat and, and that was like magical and that was I think in 2019, so before the pandemic. And I would really like to go back to California, Mexico area because there's a, a teacher there that I, that I need to keep learning from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's great that you are a lifelong learner. It seems mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you know, you, you obtained your training, but you're growing more so. And, and I'm sure that part of that, it may be based on your beliefs and your values and kind of like where you get and connect with your clients as well, which is awesome. Yeah. If, if I could yeah. just add a little bit to that, like yeah, my, my sure. background is very academic. Yeah. And so like, that's a lot of where my head is, but also 
I, every birth, I learned something new. And, you know, even, even though I was not there with you, it was the pandemic and I had to learn how to communicate because I feel like, you know, a birth worker isn't about the tools that they have. It's in in their head and their hands and in their heart. Like those are our most Mm -hmm. important tools. So it's like, how can I translate and give those things to you? And so we learn from each other and we learn from our children too. And I'd love to, you know, talk more about that too, because, and that goes back to our ancestral ways, también, you know, like mm-hmm. just because someone is older than you or younger than you, or, you know, more educated or has a more successful job or whatever, like no one's, no one has something in its entirety that the other person can't learn from. We all have something to, to teach yes. and we all have something that we can learn from. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And so I kind of asked you what really inspired you to become a doula. But for the listeners who are unsure what a doula is, can you tell us what doulas typically do? So every doula is different. Mm -hmm. And there is a doula for every family. So Mm -hmm. there, you know, if if your religion is very important to you and, and that is something that you need um, from your doula, there are doulas who that is like a, a, a focal point of their practice, mm-hmm. like a, their philosophy, right? So, or if you need, so, you need someone who can cook you a lot of meals for you, right? We all have like the basic foundational understandings and then everybody has something on top of that. And so that's really important that as people are looking for support, they they understand that everyone is different and it's just who you connect with, right? Mm-hmm. And a, a good doula will not take that personally because they understand that you having that connection is important. So a doula mm-hmm. can support you through pregnancy, in the labor room, at, at, at birth, and when you go home, postpartum. Mm-hmm. And that all depends on you. If you're like, I only want to take birth classes because I think I got it from there. That's fine. If you, I mean, for me, it's ideal when I can go through the whole journey with a family, because Mm -hmm. if I'm educating them, they, we've built that trust for when we're in the labor room and I don't have to take time to explain to them why this or that they, we, we trust each other. We understand each other. And I also get to learn what is important to them. And I can be their brain in the labor room because usually the the birthing person and the mom is thinking with their body and the Mm -hmm. spouse, the partner, the husband, they're thinking with their heart, right? They get very protective and they want to make sure that they're okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's very little room to use your intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and, and everybody, you know, has so much intelligence to give when they have the capacity to do that and so if I can be with them during birth classes I know what they know they they know what I know about them and I can take those things that are important to them and be their brain in the room and then when you go home making sure that you know you are settled that you have everything set up for your success to to bond with your child and so it just really depends on what you are ready for right and and what what you feel you could need and you know honestly 
even if you've had a baby you know, five years ago, I still think having birth classes is, is a great refresher and to put you in the right mind space and getting help at home is just so, mm -hmm. so crucial. Yeah. Another thing too is I've one thing that I really, really want to make sure your listeners know, because I think this is so important, especially as, as Latinas and, and people of color, that most of us think that when you have a baby, you, you know, go to a doctor. And so you actually mm -hmm. assuming that your pregnancy is not considered high risk and your doctor would tell you you are considered high risk so like you know if, if someone has had a lot of miscarriages that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like high risk unless the pregnancy shows signs of risk right or, or your health so you know allow yourselves the space to get that answer do not assume if your pregnancy is is high risk or not. so if your pregnancy is considered in, in, in normal risk, which the majority of pregnancies are, mm -hmm. even though it can feel really hard and like you're, you're struggling and suffering, you know, you're mm -hmm. still considered normal risk. You actually have two options for having your baby. And that is with an OBGYN, which is what most of us assume, but you also could have the option and I'm holding, I'm holding two hands up to illustrate that, you know, you have on one hand, a doctor option. And on the other hand, you have the option of midwifery. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about midwifery is that it is very hands-off, low intervention. Mm -hmm. I've, I have found midwives to be very creative problem sol solvers that when there is an issue that shows up, they try to address it in as low intervention as possible before we kind of have to get aggressive about whatever the issue may be about you or your pregnancy. The nice thing is, you know, ojalá que, que todo esté bien and, and, and everything's fine. But if in any point in the pregnancy or the, or the labor that changes, there is always an OBGYN immediately mm -hmm. behind a midwife. So it's not like something you know really aggressive happened or there was a dramatic change and things are problem pro, you know, a big problem estás con la midwife no you actually get kind of two in one when you go with a right. midwife you get the benefit of a very hands-off very holistic approach and i don't mean that like with you know herbs and stuff like that although some of them do have that knowledge mm -hmm. i mean that they they are really going to make sure you're as comfortable as possible mm -hmm. but if any of that changes you also have the OBGYN that that can step in and help no matter where you are in pregnancy and or in the delivery room so that that's really nice I just want to make sure that your listeners know they, they have those options yes thank you so much for bringing that up because I I went through a, an OBGYN in my first pregnancy, like in my first prenatal visit, and I was like, I don't think this is for me. Like I just felt like they were doing decisions for me, even mm -hmm. like in the the eighth week, you know, prenatal visit. And I'm like, I just can't imagine how it'll be like as I move forward and move along through my pregnancy. And so and this is I guess something coming from privilege because I have the resources, right? Yes. I, 
I have the education, if you will, to like kind of ask and and seek help and and support about like, you know, whether if I should move and move forward into like staying with the OBGYN or, you know, going into midwifery. And so, you know, I'm speaking out of privilege, but I at least made that, you know, kind of decision like, oh, I think I'm going to go with the midwife. And so for folks that are listening that perhaps feel limited or don't know where to start, like what are some tips that you can share if they are kind of in that verge or just wanting to explore further to seek kind of like a midwife so that they know that they can have like kind of like that autonomy, right? And in, in their experience all the way through yeah. birth. Thank you so much for, for bringing that up because yes, privilege has a lot to do with it. And I think that mm-hmm. it is a privilege to know that doulas are an option, that Mm-hmm. midwifery is an option and that's without navigating you know being undocumented or only speaking Spanish so there there's there is a lot of barriers that pregnant people face and so I think it's wonderful that you have a platform where people can get that education there is a ton of podcasts that exist to get free information I would really recommend checking evidence-based birth as as a website and as a podcast they also have a YouTube channel that's just like free high quality information if you're in Chicago you should also check out Chicago volunteer doulas and you know you could be referred from your healthcare provider your doctor or you can reach out to them and say I really really want a doula there's just no way that I I could afford a doula and this this just would really help me out you know re- definitely reach out to them and if there's like a doula that you really connect with and and reaching out to them and be like this 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 is my circumstance like you just never know you never know mm-hmm. what if, if that doula can't like support you for whatever reason like they they we are all connected and we all help each other out and like so like how we need to we have a mom who's who just got here from like last year. No, I'm sorry. It was two years ago. We had a mom who just made it to Chicago and was just reunited with her husband and son who were detained. Like they were all mm-hmm. detained separately. And, you know, amazingly, they made it to Chicago and were reunited, but she was also just about to have her baby. So like... Mm-hmm. I don't know how, who or how she got connected. She got connected with someone. And then like all of these like doulas, just we all connected and, you know, gave her support that we could to to cover her. Right. So I I think that getting that education, which thankfully is, is very freely accessible through YouTube, through podcasts, Mm -hmm. asking in your, in your mommy groups, like, you know, we all have learned something along our journey, right? So it's just like, you know, leaning into those. And then also to understand that everybody works for you. Mm-hmm. Everybody. So, you know, if you're in the hospital and you are limited to having to do, having to go with an OBGYN, like, you know, and, and this is hard, this is hard, but knowing that you can use your voice mm-hmm. to ask questions why why are we going with this what are the risks if if we do this or that what happens if I say no just just by asking questions and that, and that's a really big thing that doulas give families we're not we don't exist to make sure you have your birth a certain way you know like I had a doctor once who she hated doulas 
and she mm. told her 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 the mom like oh your doula just wants you to to have a baby like natural and it was funny because I was like massaging like the mom like her back and she was like on her hands and knees and I was like what the heck? like no they were on the phone they were talking oh. on the phone, but but because okay. she was on her hands and knees like and I was like massaging the mom's back she was on speakerphone so I heard her say that and I was like you you easy you know I'm like I didn't even do anything and the mom because the mom was in early labor and it was a very long early labor mm. and the mom was she was like my doula is not making me do anything that is my choice and I was like mm. yes. you know like that <laughs> our my ultimate goal as a doula is to make sure that you understand you're in charge so if mm. I can't be your doula for you does it empieza to do pregnancy that you're thinking like I'm in charge the ho- the hospital works for me the doctor yes. works for me the midwife works for me the doula works for me yes you you are in charge and to and if you know how like you had that weird feeling in your gut mm-hmm. you know, that in eight weeks you're like ah, this doesn't feel good you need to trust that because yes. that gut that instinct is going to be like the heart of your decisions for the rest of your parenthood like there is something to be said there you cannot ignore that feeling from the moment you are going to the OBGYN or the midwife right Right. so if you don't like something or if you go home and you're like wait I don't understand why we're scheduling an induction if you don't understand something Mm. go back to them and say can you just just can you just explain to me like why 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 are we doing this just just so Mm. I know not not to be confrontational but so that you feel that you are an active participant in your this experience not that something is happening to you mm-hmm. but that you are navigating it yes. you know and and there's going to be lots of unexpected things but the more that you can prepare for and to try to understand will give you more space for the things that we can't expect right. or for the things you could have never seen coming Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and this is very empowering as well, just so that you know that it's, it's very empowering that you're sharing this to Latina mommies who aren't sure, right? I think that this will help them to sort of start and then figure out, okay, where can I go after this? Where can I go next? Especially if, you know, at the back of their minds, they're like, I don't think this is for me, or maybe I should seek a doula or maybe go with midwives. You know, I think this is a really great place to start. Can, can I also add to if, yeah. if you feel if you don't feel comfortable, if you're just, you know, because we, we have to think of creative ways to navigate just the disempowering experience that mm-hmm. we have for low income families or undocumented families, any of the barriers the things that they are are not barriers it is the system that creates yes. those barriers for them yes. have having somebody with you you know if, if if it's your your sister your neighbor that you're like this you know you're really tight with someone from church as long as you have someone with you you know if if, if it, it, it gives you support and it's like an unspoken thing you have a witness in the room Mm-hmm. So nobody mm-hmm. can pull a fast one on you because there is an, a witness in the room. It's not just you and the provider. Right? Right. So, exactly. and, and that is just you pulling your community into you. So I, I, you know, regardless of your status, your privilege, your you know, socioeconomic level, anything like that, 
having somebody with you for this journey like don't don't be afraid and that's something we do as mothers and I think as Latinas too is that we and I'm total and I'm saying this because I do it right mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. if I say it out loud hopefully I stop doing it <laughs> but to share with everybody to not shut yourself to not shut the world out when you're yeah. struggling and it's yeah. super hard to do it and I and I that is a big motivator for me and when I share mm -hmm. is to when I share with my families too is to pull down like that wall and to be like I'm going to tell you my story sabes that I'm not talking to to you from like oh I'm better than you or I'm wiser than you or I'm smarter than you no mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm I've struggled and I'm still struggling and the the most important thing I've learned is to you have to let people in and that's super hard but even if you let one person in that can be the person that that you need to right. keep going yeah yes I love it thank you so much for sharing that that is very helpful you know especially for us latina moms i think that it's interesting right we build a household we build comunidad but oftentimes when it comes to the very personal things like pregnancy and and childbirth it's like we leave it up to like i don't know if we leave it up to like the gods or whatever <laughs> but it's almost like we need to solve it on our own mm -hmm. but there is community right we cannot isolate ourselves it's also breaking that generational thing yes. right where where the the women in our in our our elders you mm -hmm. know uh, people who who did it before us and like you didn't have a doula you know so you know right and and and, yo lo hice todo sola and mm -hmm. i didn't get to you know and 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 like it's almost kind of like the tone like i did it all myself and i came out fine you came out fine right it's like right. yes but it is our responsibility to go from fine to healthy right and so what more can we do to 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 unlearn anything that was not healthy or traumatic and to adopt to heal and to grow for our for our next generation absolutely absolutely yeah yeah you're so right and i know that you touched a little bit of like just like misconceptions but in your experience, especially working with potential clients or just like yes, in general, what are some of the main or common misconceptions that may deter people from having a doula, like or kind of like myths even? One of the big ones that I get is that people think that a midwife or a doula is for having your baby at home or mm -hmm. having your baby like all natural. I have air quotes because mm. I think that natural is, a, you know, a, a baby coming out of your body, yeah. however way that is. Right. And so, and like I said, there's no easy way to, for that to happen. And so I would say those are the two big things. And certainly if you want to have your baby at home, there are midwives who will support you to have an at-home birth. And there are doulas who will be there for you at home, but that is absolutely like not the limit to what we do i've been to epidurals i've had you know families who went unmedicated i've been in a, an, an operating room for a c-section which is much more beautiful than i thought it would be you know so i've been in birthing centers i've been at you know in people's homes so you know as a doula i get to learn what is important to you as the birthing person, as the mom, as the family, like what is important to you? And let's prepare for that. 
but I'm also preparing you for it to go completely not the way you thought it would. Mm-hmm. So we have to be open to, because that's parenthood, right? Like, like where we, you prepare and you work so hard for it to go this way. And then it just veers completely the other way. And you're like, what the heck? Like I, that came out yeah. of left field. And right? so it's like, así es la vida. It's yeah. true, you know? And so how do we make ourselves nimble and flexible enough to handle that? as you know in pregnancy you practice that you know you might be pregnant and you're like i want to have my i had a a mom recently who was like i want to have my baby at a birthing center and i want a midwife and a doula and everything changed we had to do it at a big hospital thankfully i was there with her and but she just took it so gracefully. Of course, it sucked and it was hard and it was frustrating and it was sad. But she didn't get lost in that. Mm-hmm. She, we honored those, those grieving feelings and we kept moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's what being a parent is about. It's not going to be all, you know, rainbows and puppies and, and lollipops right. the whole time. There are going to be difficult moments many, many times in the journey of parenthood so being able to prepare for what we hope for and but also being ready and 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 allowing someone to walk with us for the unexpected yes 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 thank you for sharing that especially as like when you're not implementing but just like adding this layer of modern parenting right and and we're very influenced with the things that we see on social media and just like all these images oftentimes i feel like we want to have that standard we want to reach that standard and whatever it looks like you know whether if it's like perfect pregnancy to like birth perfect birthing experience or like perfect you know mothering and it's like I don't know. I wish that those images were just like eliminated (laughs) because I feel that oftentimes we have these high expectations about like all of these kind of experiences and, and, you know, waves of like parenting and motherhood, but it's like, okay, it doesn't go that way. And so I'm glad that at least for doulas, like what you all do is kind of like, you have those conversations in advance with, with these families. Okay, this is what you wish to do, but know that you may come to an experience that you know, Mm -hmm. and and I really appreciated when when you were walking us through that, that my mindset when I was at the hospital, I'm like, well, I'm going to leave it up to, you know, to the universe. And, and yeah, like I was one of those moms that wanted you know a, a full unmedicated <laughs> birth experience but don't know like my yeah my labor was just forever and i i couldn't and so my midwife was like okay well these are the things that i recommend you to do and i really appreciated her laying out all of those options mm-hmm. where then i ended up just like getting induced because i just i just didn't have any more energy anymore and i've already had like 24 hours of late like that was like i think it was like pre-labor and so so yeah i appreciate you saying that because yeah like i think that's the power of having a doula just kind of like training us in advance and i really loved how you talked about how you are kind of like 
you you help with the mind verdad and then the mom is more so like her body and the partners you like the heart it's like a trinity effect mm -hmm. and i really love that description that you provided because i think that oftentimes again like a veces nos dejamos para hacer todo like solas and it's like no we need to lean into our community it took me a few births maybe a few maybe a few more than i'm giving credit to but it took me a lot of births to come to the realization that being a doula is hard mm -hmm. and that's because a doula has the mental the physical the emotional mm -hmm. and the spiritual stamina to navigate labor with you Because like I said, we, we are, are, we're like, oh, we want to go for an unmedicated labor. Okay, that's our goal. We, we, we did our education. We, we, we know what tools we need to lean on. We're going to do the work. We're in the right mindset. Luego todo cambia. Mm -hmm. And being able to shift like that and adopt a new path. You need someone who's not going to be like, oh, my God, we just did all that for nothing. And, you know, like <laughs> it, 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 it's so, so easy to get lost in the labor. Yeah. Room. It is so easy. Yes. And so for someone to to be able to adapt very quickly and still be of presence of mind and yes. physically and, and emotionally and not like freak out or at least externally, you know, it's 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 a lot of work. Yes. And, and I've been to labors that were only four hours long and ones that I don't even dare to say how long they were <laughs> my husband was not happy about those you know so it's it's like I, I gotta take I treat myself like I'm about to have a baby too mm. because I don't want to be you know because like when your body is even if you have an epidural your body is doing so much work mm -hmm. and you need somebody there with you so it's like me and the partner or the support person in the room we're we're a tag team I'm ready to jump and oftentimes I'm sitting like this with a mom I just sitting like this quietly with my hands like by my you know like by my chin and just watching them because any little grimace or or frown or, or the mouth kind of getting pressed all of those are, are signs and I don't want you to use energy by the same I can already see it and anticipate it and feel it because I'm observing you so much that's a lot of labor you know for lack of a better word and you know that's what your doula should do is be able and also you know there, there are doulas who you know have their philosophy and 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 I'm sure there are doulas who you know, they think you should parent or, or birth in a certain way. And if that works for you, that's great. It, it's just not my philosophy. I come mm -hmm. from an academic background. So uh, I want you to know all of the information. And I like to believe that because it is overwhelming, but I like to believe that I don't make it boring and, <laughs> and that I help make it a little more memorable, but also that you, you learn to trust me, your, your support person your healthcare provider, yourself and your baby. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. if something unexpected happens, a lot of us who haven't really mentally prepared for it think it's our fault. My body mm -hmm. failed. Mm -hmm. I did something wrong. I didn't do, you know, and, it, and so many times mm -hmm. it's like, let's just reframe this. Perhaps your baby is trying to teach you something. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I failed you're not open 
to receiving that from your child mm -hmm. because we can learn from our ancestors, our elders, each other, and children. Mm -hmm. So even if they're in the womb, and algo pasa the way you go, you know, of course you plan for one thing, pero algo puede cambiar. And so your baby might be trying to give you a life lesson right? and you have to be open to receive that. So when something like that happens, we're like, okay, baby, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what you're doing, yeah. but I'm, uh, we're in this together. Yeah. Right. And that's a totally different mindset in the same situation than, oh, my body failed. I should have done this or, or I'm a failure or whatever. It, it's, it's a different mindset for the same situation. It's just exactly. about being prepared for that. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and just, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I do want to <laughs> add. So yeah. again, yes, our priorities, right? Where can we, where can we, but also know that the person who's going to show up for you should be and, and likely will be worth every dollar mm -hmm. because we also want to respect and honor the, the what they what they give in labor too right yeah. and i'll tell you like we that's a hard lesson for so many of us doulas because we're giving people and we want to like help everybody but like right. like i have two kids like we have exactly four therapies we have to pay multiple therapies that we have to pay for in our household right so it's like yes. if it were up to me of course i would be there for anybody and everybody but at mm -hmm. the same time like in order for me to continue to show up and be present mm -hmm. for for you like you know we have to also honor and respect the work that people put into right. it I and mean, that's really hard for us as women as latinas and people of color right so the and if you need ideas for like i really want to do the like feel free to to reach out to either of us and and like mm -hmm. we'll help you like wherever you are in the country like like problem solving like how can we how can we help right. you get what you need just Absolutely. have to, you have to ask or not that's that's i think that's the toughest part right exactly and don't feel limited because oftentimes we grow we grow up especially like as first gen folks we have this like scarcity mindset que yes. no no vamos a poder no yeah, esto es imposible yeah. And I think like, you're so right. I think that there's help and support and, and comunidad out there that you can, you know, get a doula. And, and again, this is me speaking out of privilege because yo tengo nine to five, you know, I, I have yes. the, the income and the resources, but like you even mentioned to the Chicago volunteer doulas, like there can be some opportunities out there where you can get the support. So don't feel limited in, in your options. Porque si hay ayuda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to shift a little bit as far as with kind of like your methodology. You did mention that, you know, you have a focus in ancestral kind of methods through your practice. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is, especially when you're adding your Latinidad in it? And how do you support like a mommy or a mommy to be to embrace her heritage through your practice, especially for a Latina mom? Mm -hmm. There's so, there's so many things I, I, I know I'm going to forget, but the <laughs> first okay. thing that's coming to mind, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it wasn't you, but I'm pretty sure it was you. We made a Spotify playlist for you to listen to while you were in labor. And it was like, like kind of, kind of like Musica Azteca, you know, like really, because yes. like a lot of the drumming and, and like indigenous music, like has like a like a yes, rhythm like a that's very heartbeat and very rhythmic that you can kind of 
get into a trance of it when you need to. So like through, through music, a lot of the way that I approach pregnancy, birthing and parenthood, you know, I've mentioned ahorita, like the, like learning from, from everyone and being open to receiving and, and giving too. Cause like, mm. you know, we've had, I've, I've, you know, had the honor of interacting with so many moms and so many different moms that have different journeys and today they might need a lot of help but tomorrow they give help to someone else who needed Mm. it so like to to be like you know today I need to ask for help to get out of a domestic violence situation because I'm drowning and I can't I need help and a year later they're giving, they're paying it forward and, and helping mm-hmm. another mom out because they were, they were able to, to get out. Right. And like for us to being open to this moment doesn't define who you are in your entirety. Like, so there's, there's so many, I don't want, I don't know. It's probably not the right word, but like philosophically, like how I approach like this journey, but also, and, and that's what I mean. Like the mind, right? Like the doula's gifts are our mind, our, our heart. In the way that we approach parenthood in the sense that you are so vulnerable. You're like, a, you're, I mean, you kind of literally are an open wound, right? That's why you bleed after you have a baby for about two weeks, because you're that wound where in your uterus, where your placenta is and now detached is literally healing. So even though from the outside, you might look great. The bañaste, you were able to put on your makeup and you look and feel and sound great in your body. You're doing so much work, you know? And so like taking a pause and, and, helping a family unlearn that mentality of like you know como dices tú, like scarcity like I, I can moverse like you got to keep going it's like mm-hmm. you know like a, a giving moms like that space to to pause mm-hmm. and to practice this entonces like self-care mm-hmm. because even though you know you're working hard and, and trying to move forward that can only take you so long right? So it's like, how do we prevent ourselves from running on fumes? And that really comes from being Latina and like seeing, you know, the women, you know, that I've grown up with and and continue to see, right? So it's like, how how do we break that? Because we deserve rest, we deserve healing, and we deserve to flourish también, right? Um, and, And then with our hands, so that's, I've, I've learned, you know, so many things about the pelvic region and I, I actually have fibromyalgia. So I have learned, and my source of chronic pain is like from my knees to my pelvis. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have learned more than I, I would have loved, would love to know about, you know, how much our pelvis has to go through, you know, yeah. through this journey. And every day I'm learning something new from, from my body and, you know, learning the, the muscles, the ligaments, how all of that changes from pregnancy to, to birthing, like while you're having your baby, things that only happen in that time frame, and the long kind of like pulling together in the postpartum time and and just applying all those things of like solvadas and what kind of oils and hierbas to to use for those things to you know help the body absorb hierbas through steam even something as simple as using and and and, you know you I you and I both cried you know when you had to give me back that rebosa because it meant so much to you during labor 
But I mean, mm-hmm. if you can get a rebozo, and I'm I'm saying that as you know from from the Mexican background, but there, there's different words for it in, in many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So so like different terms or whatever. But like it's basically like a like a long scarf. It's usually very decorative or a very bright color, or it has nice patterns and it has like a fringe at the end. And and you can use that during pregnancy especially during labor and while you recover and bond with your baby during postpartum. So help, you know, I've had moms who like, I would tell them like, buy it. I think you did too, yeah, right? Yeah, I like ended buy, up buying one. Yeah, it's like buy a rebozo and yeah. use it throughout that whole journey. And then it's your child's. It's not even yours. Yeah. Se lo regalas when they're a certain mm-hmm. age and they can appreciate it and be like, oh my gosh. And for them to use that for their their children. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Right? So it's kind of allowing us to, no matter how connected or not you feel with your ancestral and you know background, but allowing ourselves to come back to it, right. um, and and that's better than than not, right? and and to to gain that back that we have lost mm-hmm. and being able to pass that down generationally, right. so. Yeah, just off the top of my head, I'm just thinking like my, my mind, my heart, my hands, like the ways that, you know, just like all of those teachings and, and gifts that I've learned from all of my like teachers and, and passing them on to, fam- to families. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that I want to say is that if it wasn't for you, Isa, like I wouldn't have been able to like embrace me identidad through this like motherhood journey because I never felt so like powerful about using a rebozo like that comes from a fair trade business i think it's mm-hmm. called indigena mommy or they make beautiful rebozos yeah. yes yes and and it's interesting because my midwife was like oh yeah we use rebozos and it's like <laughs> okay well it's great that you're utilizing this practice but for me that I didn't even know about, like, I think it was mi, mi bisabuela that did, but I, there were already two generations that didn't use these like methods, verdad? Mm-hmm. It, I just felt very empowered to, to do that because it's like, I'm, I'm doing what my ancestors did. And I think if it wasn't for your education and wisdom that, that you provided to me, like I would have have been oblivious, verdad? Like mm-hmm. I would have have known about this so thank you i just wanted to say yeah that. <laughs> no and it's amazing how something as such so simple as a piece of fabric has mm-hmm. so much history and learning that history and applying it and connecting with it can just be so empowering you know not just for you but for me to yeah. to share that and and to to grow with that too yeah yeah absolutely yeah well Thank you for all of this. And so this is just a lot of, I think an educational moment for everyone here. And I hope that for those that are listening are getting a little bit of, you know, what it's like, you know, not just to be a doula because you also provide, you know, you shared your vulnerability with us. So thank you for that. Pero también to really understand what doulas do. So for for anyone that might still be like, wait, I still don't understand what a doula is. (laughs) To, To sum it all up, the doula is a person that walks with you through the whole journey. Si tu quieres, like if you invite them into that, they're that person that doesn't leave the hospital room, right? The doctors and the nurses are coming in and out. The doula is there for you and stays there for you. They don't do any medical checks or anything like that. They, they, they are there for your mind and your heart and help you with those medical decisions. Yes, yes, thank you. 
All right. So I have three final questions that I ask my viewers. So the first question is, what still surprises you about being a mommy? Just that every day is new. Just when I'm like, I think I got a handle on this. I think I know like what to do next time this happens. And then it's just a whole new journey, you know, like, you know, your baby's only one year old. I'm at seven and practically eight and five. And I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't end up, you know, like <laughs> just when you think you got it down, algo nuevo, you know, yeah. comes up. So uh, that ability for us to adapt and keep growing is, is, is a, Thing you're gonna have because just just once once I get that down, then I'm gonna have preteen years, and then it's yeah. gonna be teenage years, and then it's adulthood. You know, yeah. and you know you're you're growing with someone, so that 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 surprises me that I'm just like, oh, okay, <laughs> now I got a whole new life lesson to learn now. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And what is one tip of advice that you have for Latina mommies? Put yourself first. Mm. I know that's gonna shock a lot of people because that's not what we're raised to believe. That's not what we experienced growing up. And that is not how we're supported as we're mothers, but it's so important. And my son has several disabilities and he gave me that lesson. He, that's the life lesson he gave me because I was like, oh, I just give, give, give to him and take care of him. And, and I crashed hard real hard like really really hard and I you know started going to therapy started taking medicine and you know that is how I am able to be fully present fierce mama bear for him because that you know special needs journey that's like the first thing I, when I, I'm talking to a mom and, and they're like, I think we're going to get a diagnosis. The first thing I tell them is get a therapist because you have to put mm -hmm. yourself first. If you're not okay, the rest of your family is not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You think they're okay because they're being fed and they're going to school and they're sleeping the right amount of hours. But if you don't have the capacity mm -hmm. to be flexible for them, to be nimble with them, to be creative for them, to have so much patience for your children, then what kind of quality life can we give them? And I don't say that to shame anyone because again, I've, I've gone through it and still try to navigate that. And that, that's a practice. It's not, it's, it's not something that just happens. It's algo que lo tienes que practicar cada día. Did I drink enough water? I love those like memes or like stickers that say like, drink your water, bitch. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love that. It was like, am I hydrated enough? Did I stretch my body? You know, like it took me forever to go to back for the third time to physical therapy. It took me years actually. But I was mm -hmm. like, I, I have to do it because I'm, I'm crashing, mm -hmm. right? And I want to be able to keep physically playing with my kids, right? If, if you want to, you know, have your business and have it be successful and not have it hurt your children, Put yourself first so that you have enough capacity to give to your business and to your children. If you're a single parent and you're the you're it, put yourself first so that you are giving what your child needs from you because you are working double time. In any situation, we can apply it where we have to put ourselves first in order for us to truly give 
the fullest capacity we can give to our children, which is never going to be 100%, right? Like that, that, that's just the reality of it. But it's very important that we give our children everything we can for them to succeed. And the only way that we're going to be able to, to do that is that if we practice it. If, we, if we're a living example of it for them. Oh, I love this, Isa. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that because priorities is like us. And mm -hmm. yeah, and I love how, you know, you mentioned how we can be fully present with our children. And, and I'm currently going through therapy myself. And, and it's interesting how there are some traumas from my childhood and my upbringing that even though I had a great childhood, Tal vez mi mamá, because she was a working parent as well, it's like something was missing, right? Yeah. And it is either from her or from us that now I'm starting to see that as an adult. So in order to avoid the cycle, mm -hmm. I think we just need to take care of ourselves. So our that parents our are... did the best that they could. And exactly. it's not a way to say they were terrible parents because that's like right. the first thing like my mom or dad would say like oh yeah like we were horrible you know it's not it's not about that it's no. it's about being being the most we can be for our, for our kids right. and that's a lot of work it takes so much work to unlearn the unhealthy or traumatic things and to and to heal that and to learn and then put into practice. And if that stuff doesn't feel hard, you're not doing it right, mm -hmm. honestly. Because mm -hmm. it is easier to lean into the stuff that we know that isn't healthy because it is hard work. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing that hard work, kudos to you, Mamita, because it is hard. And don't, don't try to navigate that alone because it just makes it harder but all by by doing that work to to heal and to grow you're giving a gift for your child that is going to last generations mm -hmm. no nada más like their you know childhood their 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 life and the lives after them right absolutely yes Yes. <laughs> All right. And final question. What is your meaning of motherhood? Being a student. Mm. I, my children are my teachers. Mm. Like I thought I knew it all. <laughs> and then they came along <laughs> <laughs> and it humbled me and it yeah. continues to humble me that mm. I don't know anything. I don't know yeah. anything. And they, they give me, like, I thought I knew what love was. And then Rafa was born and I was like, oh my God, you know? So there's just so much that I learn from them or I learn because of them mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm just in a constant practice of you want like learning, receiving, applying, pausing when they get frustrating and being like, you know, like, and, 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 and like just stopping instead of reacting. Mm. And that's really hard, really hard. But I'm like, I'm sure any parent can relate to that. And when you come out of that, it's like, oh, I didn't expect him to hug me after that. Mm -hmm. He looked like he was gonna like, 
kick me in the stomach, but uh, he like got to me, like, you know, just, just things that surprise you or, or that they say like, like, like this weekend we were in a playground and I like went down the slide with Rafa and, and Emiliano and, and like one of them was like, looked like they were going to cry. And I'm like, are you okay? And they're like, I'm just so happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like something like, oh, I went down the slide, you know, like we're having fun. But that's like, I was like, oh my God, I just experienced him having a core memory, you know, like Mm. forever. So I think just uh, learning to, to just live life Mm -hmm. because and, and, and for, and, and with your children, it's super humbling. I just don't see it. Like I'm the boss. I tell them all the time. I'm like, I respect you just because you're a kid does not mean that I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're my baby and I'm your mommy, but like, I respect you. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to respect me back, then that makes me question, you know, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, so we talk about respect all the time, not to say that they don't talk back or, you know, act a fool or whatever, but they, they understand, like, I, I respect them. And that's like a big thing too, as, as Latinos, we, we have, we have, we have been pulled away from that learning mm-hmm. that we, we have things to learn from children. No, es que, you know, yo soy el papá, or yo soy la mamá, and you listen to me, you know, like if we're, if we're having those interactions a lot, like there's maybe, maybe we need to listen in a different way. Maybe we need to pause in a different way and learning the tools to, to stop and pause and breathe and think therapy that's taking care of ourselves to to learn one of the things I learned on very early in in mother in motherhood was different behaviors from children that trigger us Mm. like so if like if you're you know it could be anything if your kid is having a hard time learning like doing potty like why does that trigger you or if your child is always asking Mm. why 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 (laughs) why does that trigger you right like yeah. And may and, and that could tie into your childhood. Yeah. And so identifying it, unlearning it and healing it for your child. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. This is so meaningful and powerful. I'm pretty sure that many mommies out there will just want to know more about you. So where can people follow you? Yes. So please, if you're in Chicago, like our page on Facebook, just look up for Chicago Latina Moms and you can join our Facebook group, Chicago Latina Moms and and join the group. Or if you know a mom that could benefit from community, please do that. And that's a great way to to find and connect with me because I'm always there. But you can also find me under the name La Luna Dula, like La Luna. And then doula, D-O-U-L-A. So you can go to lalunadula.com to, to find me. Okay, great. And I'll make sure to share in the show notes. But Isa, thank you so much for being here. This was such a great educational experience, I'm sure for many and even myself, like I learned so much it's like having my <laughs> consultation <laughs> all over again. But thank you so much. There's so much wisdom in you. And, and you know, we didn't touch on Chicago Latina moms, which that could kind of be its own episode. But know that your contributions to our comunidad is just so meaningful and and just like empowering so you're just wonderful and you're awesome that's all I want to say (laughs) so are you and I'm so excited to see you know this platform of yours and I can't wait to to watch it continue to grow so felicidades for 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 getting it out there and 
take care of yourself so that you can keep doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Isa. Okay, Marita. Bye. Adios. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit vivalamami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.